Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome to Nothing Off Limits. As a nod to the Valentine's Day holiday, we're going to talk about, you guessed it, relationships. However, we're going to talk about it in a unique way, which is how watching movies can actually teach us valuable lessons about love, romance, and sex. So whether you're married out there listening or you're single and dating, today our guest is going to help reveal how to keep the love you have or find the love you want. Leslie C. Halpern is her name. She's an award-winning poet, essayist, book reviewer, movie reviewer, and entertainment journalist. She wrote the nonfiction books 200 Love Lessons from the Movies, Passionate About Their Work, Real Romance, The Lover's Guide to the 100 Best Date Movies, and Dreams on Film, plus the Funny Children's Poems book series. She's been an entertainment journalist since 1984. She worked 13 years as a stringer for The Hollywood Reporter, five years as a film correspondent for The Orlando Sentinel, and seven years as an indie film columnist for Marquee Magazine. More than 4,000 of her articles have appeared in publications including Variety, True Romance, Fitness, and many others. She currently reviews books for several online magazines and reviews movies for Seen It, Done It, Reviewed It, The Blog, which you can find on her website at lesliehalpern.com. I'll also provide that link in the show notes to all of you. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited to have you for this special Valentine's Day holiday. I think your book is such a nice tie-in. Thank you. So you've had such an amazing career working for all these major companies, The Hollywood Reporter, Variety. What drew you originally to journalism, writing, poetry, all of that? Well, I've always had a deep need to express myself. Uh, All the different jobs I've had are always about writing and self-expression. Journalism, copywriting, newspaper reporting, poetry, editor, author. I'm always about being heard or being read, and that's, uh, that's how I ended up in Orlando, is I moved here from Kentucky to get in on the opening of uh, Disney MGM Studios and Universal Studios. Hmm. I wanted to, you know, get in when it was uh, just starting out in the, in the 1980s. That's awesome. So you came down to Florida from Kentucky, and here you are. Yeah, when I first got here, I did more backstage stuff, you know, on the set, uh, behind the scenes, interviews, but... Um, we do less production here in Orlando in mm-hmm. recent years, and so now I, I focus more on the movie reviews rather than the, uh, you know, on the set and, and production stories. Cool. I would love to start diving into the books that you've written, and specifically the book 200 Love Lessons from the Movies. What inspired you to write this book? Well, one of my previous books, Real Romance, The Lover's Guide to the 100 Best Date Movies, groups uh, romantic films thematically. And the book is a tribute to date movies, encourages couples to watch movies together to help stimulate loving feelings. So included in Real Romance were several different features, including 100 romantic suggestions lovers can try at home based on the film. This, this particular feature became so popular that it spun off into a whole new book, which inspired 200 Love Lessons from Movies, because uh, it's not exactly the same thing as you know, things to try at home. But it's it's a little goes a little deeper. It's more like 
you know, lessons, it's, uh, it's physical things you can do, and it's emotional things, and it's mental things. It's, they're all inspired by these particular um, movies, though. I love it. 200 movies. Yeah, because people tend to think that the movies are just fantasy, pure fantasy, and that they're not real life. But you've managed to choose movies that actually have real lessons in them and translate that back to what we could take away from it, right? Yeah, and they don't really have to be special movies to have a message. I think that most movies have some kind of message in there. There's usually a kernel of truth buried even beneath the the fluffy films. You know, there's usually something there. If you think about it and you talk about it and you analyze it, you, then you can walk away with something really important. Mm-hmm. So would you say that your book is mostly for people who already have uh, an adoration of TV, film, all of that kind of thing? Or do you think it's just for anyone? Well, I, I think anyone would enjoy it, but it's really best suited for um, people. They can be married, dating, or single who are willing to work on improving their relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people just take love as it happens. Uh, and they're devastated when things don't work out. Uh, but the book examines the stages of romantic relationships and helps prepare readers for what to expect in those stages. Mm-hmm. And it's really for people who are willing to work and to think about what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you on the work part, because a lot of people do like one little thing happens and they're just like, well, thrown in the towel. I'm done with dating. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So um, definitely you have to be in the mindset to be ready to take on the challenges. And I love that you're putting the spin of movies into it so that it's, you know, it's more enjoyable looking at it that way. And I'm curious, your own personal experiences in your life, did that play a role at all in the writing of the book or the choosing of the lessons that you share? I have to say yes. Um, Just like therapists get into mental health to solve their own problems. I think that authors choose to write about what they need to research and what they need to read. So I had a 25-year marriage that ended in divorce and a few long-term relationships that um, ended as well. And so I devoted myself to reading books about psychology, studying the law of attraction, and watching romantic movies to look for patterns that would help me understand what makes romance, love, and marriage last. Mm-hmm. That's so funny that you said that people uh, are attracted to writing or creating work around what they want to learn most. And that is like, so dead on. So let's get into that a little bit more. How did you make the choices on the movies that you feature in the book? Well, the, the movies aren't just limited to romantic movies. I was looking for love lessons wherever I could find them. Okay. So the films crossed over into many different genres. Uh, that book has some surprising movie choices, because love is anywhere. So uh, I've been writing books about the film industry and reviewing movies and covering film festivals for more than 20 years. So naturally, I started with films I'd already seen that might have the valuable love lessons. Then I read articles and books. I did research online. I did a Facebook poll to get additional ideas for movies. Hmm. And I wanted to limit my selection to 200 love lessons. It just seemed like a nice round number. And I had to establish some kind of criteria for narrowing my focus. And most of the films, except for a few of the older favorites, are from recent years. So it's more likely that readers will have seen them or can get hold of them easily. Yeah, that's great. So, And typically, the movies present new couples who are just meeting or about to get serious or maybe even on the brink of marriage. So how did you come up with the love lessons? How did you choose which lessons to feature? In some cases, I knew what lesson I wanted to demonstrate, and I found a movie that exemplified that idea. In other cases, I just watched a new movie or rewatched a movie I'd seen in the past, and I looked for a love lesson. I adapted ideas from psychology, philosophy, religion, science, art, and pop culture. 
it's uh, an interdisciplinary work, and um, along with um, my years as a journalist, it helped me analyze the movies for Love Lessons, and I tried to write them in an engaging way that would educate and entertain. And I also spent a few years co-facilitating a Law of Attraction meetup group. So some of these lessons lean toward the metaphysical and the spiritual. Hmm. Which is why I think this book is so appealing. I think there's a lesson in there for all of us that we can all relate to. And there's also a lesson that maybe we haven't learned yet that we can mentally prepare for (laughs) and prepare our hearts for, right? So, and I love the advice that you give too. There's always like a little kernel of advice like, hey, try this if you're facing this challenge. And, And I loved that piece of it. Why did you choose movies that tended to have more than one love lesson in them. I noticed that there were that there were multiple lessons in each movie. I didn't purposely set out to find movies with more than one lesson. Uh, but ultimately, I selected 30 movies that have more than one important lesson in them because they just seem too important to limit or dismiss. These 30 cross-reference love lessons are portrayed through production stills and a shorter description rather than the longer format used in the other 170 lessons to avoid repetition. Would you mind giving us a few examples of the movies that you chose that have more than one important lesson in them? Yeah, here's a, a couple of my favorites. Uh, uh, the movie Love Actually from 2003. Uh, the two lessons that I chose were don't give the right gift to the wrong person. Uh, the other lesson from Love Actually is um, physical intimacy without emotional intimacy is merely playing a role. Mm, absolutely. Right. And uh, another movie that I thought was had, well, this had a bunch of lef- lessons, but I only chose two, and that was Burn After Reading, 2008. Uh, that is, the law of attraction works on the internet, too. And the second one, it's pointless to search for happiness outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that lesson. That's big. That's big. And, of course, I explain, you know, I take I show the characters and what they did and how this lesson is revealed. I'm just giving you the, the little caption here but you know it's it's certainly amplified in each chapter totally oh and the last one yeah the last one would be the hangover which you may not think think would would have anything important in there because it was so silly and Mm -hmm. has so many (laughs) different types of humor but there actually come two important lessons from the hangover from this is from uh, 2009 from the first one if lying is easier than telling the truth there's something wrong with the relationship yes (laughs) and the second one the truth comes out when inhibitions are lowered. Ooh, yeah. And wine helps. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in that case, it would be roofies. But, uh, but oh, yes, uh, whatever you're drinking or, or, or um, partaking, truth comes out when inhibitions are lowered. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite love lesson? Well, I actually saved my favorite one for last. Uh, that would be Love Lesson 200. Everybody needs a co-pilot but not necessarily for the entire flight. For that one, I used the movie Up in the Air as my example. We all need to experience romantic love sometimes, but not necessarily with the same person or for an entire adult lifetime. Mm. Unhealthy needs for romantic love include people who always need to be in a relationship to feel whole and people who never fully connect with others enough to experience emotional intimacy. Uh So, So a healthy balance throughout a lifetime may produce times when months or years are devoted to self-analysis and self-discovery without the need for a romantic relationship. Right. I think a lot of people get confused. They think they might be ready, but they haven't really fully done the work on past 
hurts or past relationships. And so they haven't gotten to that place where they're able to be like, okay, I can now see the role that I played in that particular situation. Um, I think that people who still blame past partners or exes that it was their fault. That person was a bitch. That person cheated. This other person was rude to my family or whatever it is, right? And instead of seeing like, okay, well, this person was a bitch to me because I probably didn't give her the attention that she needed or whatever. So I think when people do the work, then they get to that point where they're actually ready for a relationship. Do you agree? Yes, I think that doing the work helps you see what your part in that was. Yeah. Because it's never just 100% someone else being wrong. Absolutely. It's usually more like, it could be 60-40 or 50-50, but um, everybody's got a part in that problem. It's not just one person. Totally. It's the dynamic. It's the dynamic between the two. In the Up in the Air movie, uh, the George Clooney character, uh, he was still in the process of learning. Even, you know, he was somewhat older, but he was still in the process of of learning what and who he needed in his life. Mm-hmm. People's needs are are as individual as they are, and he had unique needs. And um, have you seen that movie up in the air? It's quite good. I have, but it's been a while, and I'm trying to remember. It's about making your own choice based on your needs. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to give away the ending. But, um, <laughs> Everybody out there listening, you yeah. Pilot, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't exactly. Exactly. So what are you, what is your advice for anyone who's out there listening who's still single? And, uh, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up, some people get a little stressed out about that. What's your advice if they don't have somebody special to spend it with? What should they do? Should they pick up your book? <laughs> of course, they should pick up my book. But the worst thing to do is to sit home and feel sorry for yourself. Uh, so don't do that. Uh, take some kind of positive action. Take a step toward achieving what you want. Uh, if you need to get yourself in a better frame of mind, then seek out a single friend who always makes you laugh. Uh, if you need to attract better quality people in your life, make a list of the qualities that you're seeking in a mate. Uh, make a list of the qualities that you have to offer. If there's something, a concept, um, a process you don't understand, read a book on it. Uh, watch a documentary or sign up for a course. Even if it's just baby steps toward your goal, try to move in that direction every day Don't just sit and wait for it to come to you, Mm -hmm. especially on Valentine's Day. Take some action toward what you want. I love that. How has writing this book, has it been a cathartic experience for you? Has it changed your love life in some way? Um, It got me to examine some things that I I didn't really want to examine um, because as I was looking at what was going on with the characters, I had to reflect on my own life. So it made me face some hard truths. I've had a few just reading your book. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I encourage, I absolutely encourage everyone out there listening to pick up her book. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Any final thoughts for the people out there, Leslie, you know, about love, relationships, sex, and the movies? This sounds much easier than it is, but you need to become the person who you want to attract. And mm-hmm. that is, you need to identify the qualities that you admire, whether it's in a movie character or somebody you know, and you've got to consciously work on practicing those admirable personality traits. And pay attention to what behaviors and attitudes work for you and what don't. Yeah. And then you have to break the unhealthy patterns that keep you from finding and keeping the love of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself as much as to anybody else. Yeah. You know, I understand it conceptually, but... Living it is something else, but I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. We all are. We're all works in progress. I feel like that's why we're here on this plane of existence, so that we can work out our 
issues. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is that I'm a little too honest. Maybe it's the Sagittarius in me. (laughs) But uh, I have to learn to uh, filter my words sometimes, I think. I don't know. (laughs) That's my biggest one currently at the moment. But uh, Leslie, you're awesome. I love this book so much. Thank you. I really did. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff involving the love languages in it, which is another thing that I, I love to use, when, especially when I meet a new partner. So thank you for spending time and putting the word out about it. I know you're going to inspire a lot of listeners out there to take a good look at what they've been contributing to their relationships and why they're either uh, lasting or not lasting, right? I hope so. Thank you. Everybody out there listening, if you want to pick up a copy of the book, jump on Amazon.com. Just search on Leslie C. Halpern and it will pop up or go to her website to reach out to her there. LeslieHalpern.com. Until next time. Leslie, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.